This is Driven by Data, the podcast. Welcome back to another season of Driven by Data, the podcast, powered by Orbition Group and hosted by me, Kyle Winterbottom. So here we are, season three of Driven by Data, the podcast. I'm delighted that you've decided to tune in and rejoin us. We've got some absolutely fantastic content coming your way. So all that's left to say is sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to Driven by Data, the podcast, season three. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Greg Freeman, who is the CEO and founder of Data Literacy Academy. So, Greg, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, no problem, Kyle. Absolute pleasure to be here. I've uh, seen a lot about the podcast, so uh, it's finally <laughs> uh, good to sit down on it and chat with you. Yeah, good, good. Well, uh, looking forward to kind of unraveling uh, everything about um, data literacy and obviously what you're you're up to. Um, I guess where we always start, Greg, is by asking our guests to give themselves a, a brief introduction into their background and, and journey to date, if uh, if you would. Yeah, so my name is Greg Freeman. I um, am the recent founder and CEO of Data Literacy Academy. Um, and my background is that I am by definition, and this is relevant to the uh, to the context of Data Literacy Academy, a business person. I'm not a textbook data person. I didn't study maths or stats at uni, um, but I have been in two very data literate environments in my most recent life. And um, those were at Clean, which is a, a kind of end-to-end ELT platform in the in in the big data space, um, and uh, an analytics platform which sells into recruitment um, called OneUp Sales, which um, I know you guys know. So um, those were very data literate environments, and going in there, I, I just became very aware that I wasn't, <laughs> um, and that was quite a realization for me because I always thought I'd been okay, like I could do the old spreadsheet. I, I'd never struggled with reporting. Um, but actually, that was eye-opening, and, and that was where Data Literacy Academy came from. Um, outside of work and life, um, I, I'm big into American football, sport, and that's where a lot of my network on LinkedIn comes from. There's different people involved in American football across the country who I, I spend mm-hmm. a lot of time liaising with on, on LinkedIn. Um, and yeah, just sport mad apart from that. Yeah, good. Um, so keen to, I mean, w- what always fascinates me greg is when i speak to people that start a business um i always like to get into the whys and what the motivations were for that so i guess before we get to that point just tell us a little bit about data literacy academy kind of you know what it is end to end who it's for who it's not for maybe and and then we can jump into the kind of whys behind that yeah the who it's not for is very interesting actually um so Data Literacy Academy is fundamentally a business that helps business people get better at data and data people get better at business. So I'll always say we do not help necessarily data people get better at data. Like if you've got somebody who's already awesome at Python and machine learning, then they're they're not the one for us kind of thing. Like they would be a great fit for the Data Leadership Academy probably, but um, actually the data literacy side is all about helping business users get better at data. Um, we've just announced a half million dollar fundraise, which is obviously a very exciting time for the business. Um, and at the core of what we do is a SaaS platform with uh, like rich in 
content and and training and and coaching focused on business people with data and data people with business um but our, our real differentiator is the fact that we do a lot of live um and some in-person stuff with really top data people so for instance our e-commerce course and um, e-commerce data um aimed at your digital marketers and your e-commerce people run by Maxwell Pettijon, who is the head of insights at Gymshark. Mm -hmm. um, and it's pulling those people together and, and getting the very best people to be teaching, teaching your business people how to how to get better at data and more importantly, how to use data and take action with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Makes perfect sense. Um where did this all come from then? Obviously, I know that you'd been at one up, then you was at clean. Evidently, somewhere along that journey, you kind of felt there's a something missing there's a there's a gap here for something that isn't already out there otherwise you wouldn't have taken the risk and the plunge to to kind of start your own business right so what what, what was the motivation behind getting into this yeah i think it was a combination actually of, of my own experience and the conversations i was having with other people and the the data space is a really interesting one because it's basically entirely run by data people which sounds completely normal right that is that makes perfect sense when i say it out loud but actually what that means is most of the data industry can't imagine not being data fluent and not not being able to to kind of just look at data feel comfortable with it feel confident in that environment and, and don't get me wrong we, we 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 hear plenty about like analytics anxiety with data people in terms of like data ethics and um, data trust and and that kind of thing but ultimately that is a different thing to just looking at data and being scared which is really the starting point for a lot of business people so um there's this concept of taught fear which i talk about quite a lot and taught fear is a concept that as people as human beings we teach ourselves that there are things we can't do and they tend to be fairly complex things related to particular skills so a lot of people will have taught themselves they can't do maths or they can't speak languages and all those kind of things and actually for a lot of business people data is a taught fear they look at spreadsheets graphs charts data sets and they're like nah not not for me i knew i couldn't do that fight or flight and they always flight so i was increasingly meeting people who would do data people data leaders cdos who we do really interesting exciting projects with but actually they've built this ferrari of data where they had their data right now as people are always aiming for but actually they couldn't take the ferrari off the drive because 99% of their business didn't know how to use it, didn't know how to actually take action with it. So the motivation for Data Literacy Academy is really to empower and, and facilitate the 99% outside of the data team being able to take action with that data they're being provided with and, and just make them better because that's where the value comes for the business. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, obviously, given you know what we do day to day, it's something that we we see a lot of right you know as, as the all of the gartner research you know 85 percent of most data projects don't add the value that they were expected to add and you always end up back somewhere in this place around culture literacy adoption and a kind of three-pronged conversation that all comes back to for some reason whatever that is business leaders just aren't using that data to make the decisions that that data was intended you know was made to make decisions based on right um so it's a really 
interesting space really keen to kind of dig into this with you in terms of what you're actually seeing then throughout the academy so i guess from a kind of personnel perspective who who's coming on your course who is this aimed for is this everyone's from ceos down to you know people working i don't know in marketing or accounts or whatever the case may be just give us a flavor for kind of the type of people you're getting in yeah and, and like the, the answer to that is it's to at some point touch everybody within a business but you have to make smart decisions about who you start with right like having conversations with the C-suite and getting them up to speed can be a really empowering thing for data leaders. And especially if you're um, thinking around the assessment and the capability assessment side of things, having that level of buy-in at the top is a great starting point. So finding a champion on the C-suite is, is a smart place. But as you roll out your program, it doesn't have to be turning everybody into a data scientist. And 100% that is not what we're trying to do. In fact, I think that'd just be chaos, to be honest, based <laughs> on my experience. Um, but it, it's working out what does each person need. So if you are a large car manufacturer, you don't need the people on the warehouse floor or the manufacturing floor to be data scientists, but you do need them to understand their position in the data value chain, the tools they're using, what if they make a mistake and they don't correct it, the downstream impact of that is. But how do you actually speak to those people? Well, you can't always speak to you can't always speak to them every day. That's just not realistic. So how do you actually deliver a data literacy program that touches those people in the right way? Um, we we obviously do all the stuff around like unconscious competence, conscious competence, et cetera. Um, we, we tend to put it again, just a little bit more in layman's terms. So we talk about the data disengaged as the kind of probably the bottom 25% of an organization, people who they never ask a question of the data team, they barely even know data exists. Then we talk about like the data enthusiastic. So these are people who are in that middle bracket where they are super keen. They're asking the questions. They're just not the right questions. They're not able to answer them themselves, and and therefore they they've got that enthusiasm, but they've not got the skills and the the knowledge. And then you've got your your data heroes, right? Your your people who are superstars at the top of their department or superstars within the data team who just are completely data literate. And we tend to break it into those three. We see people want to start at different points. Um, our best advice is probably to try leaning into the data enthusiastic and like you'll get that level of buy-in and that'll have a layer of or a level of virality within the business because the data enthusiastic do learn and they do share and, and they they'll tell their colleagues who are maybe in that data disengaged bracket oh, i've been doing this great thing it's part of this program that the business is running for us why aren't you involved but equally if you want to start at the bottom and work your way up feel free to and and we'll we'll make that happen. Uh, we do some cool things around like launch days and all these kind of things to to spread the word cuz um the bit that people miss when they're rolling out a data literacy program is it's actually quite a large change management process to do it right in a in a mid to large organization. Um you mentioned the word culture a minute ago. And it is so interesting to me, the amount of people who seem to ignore the true definition of that word when it comes to data. Like you don't get a business culture if everybody in the business isn't involved in it. You may have a data culture within your data team, but like the idea of having a data culture that doesn't involve everybody is, is like a failure, right? That's just a hard and fast failure in my mind. So we're, we're looking to build that data culture and, and transform the organization through change to a, to a data culture rather than just 
some like sheep dip courses that people never remember they've done yeah yeah it's um it's interesting i think the data and analytics community has got a a habit of putting data at the front of specific words and changing the actual definition of the word itself to mean <laughs> something that suits the community right <laughs> but talk, talk us through then is this a, a kind of an organizational thing are you working with organizations in their entirety to help them get their either data teams more business literate or their business people more data literate or is this something that individuals can plug into as well if they wish um we we do work with smaller teams um we we probably are going to go down uh an individual's route in future it's not something we do at the moment but the beauty of having a SaaS port a SaaS platform which underpins everything makes that easier that access easier um but no at the moment what we really want to do is we want to speak to key stakeholders in the data org probably the L D org and the c-suite and talk about how in the next five to ten years are you going to not change the world completely but how are you going to keep up with the joneses right because like actually there's, there's some cool stats out there which kyle I'm, I'm sure you know but i'll repeat them just in case nobody else does um big data literacy engagement project was done in 2018 2019 which found that about 40 percent of people engage with data through their daily business life and um, by 2025 that's expected to be at 70 percent and by 2030, it's expected to be at 90%. So it isn't saying that 90% of people have to be data engineers or data scientists, but they're going to engage with it every single day. So you're either going to leave them terrified, vulnerable, and failing because you've not upskilled them, and therefore the business will feel that impact too. Or you can try and like really care about them now, care about their careers, their personal development, and therefore the business business's development, keep up with the Joneses and, and really start to take this seriously at a kind of transformational business change level. And, and, and that's the level that we like to talk about with people. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. When you're having those conversations, then I guess, you know, across L&D data leadership and, and the, the C-suite within the business, how much appetite is there, generally speaking? I, I guess probably a kind of a coined question, really, because they probably reached out to you, right? <laughs> so there shows that there is certain levels of interest. But I guess to, to kind of give you some context and, and frame the question, I find it fascinating because we're in this position now, right, where we're constantly debating what's the value that businesses are getting out of using data and analytics and those big data analytics type projects and you know the whole conversation and debate around the difference between values and benefits and ROI on projects and all of this type of, of stuff but as I've said many a time on this podcast what fascinates me is despite you know all of that failure in quotation marks there still always seems to be appetite from businesses to to kind of keep investing in some way shape or form in data so i'm just kind of curious as to you know your insight into those conversations at the top table of how you know how bought in they are and the value they see in making sure that their their business is data literate yeah i mean it is a good question and it's it's fairly um there's there's a, a level of differentiation if i'm honest it, it generally actually comes down to in terms of like the understanding of the data literacy problem is either end of the spectrum if we think about the data maturity curve or the data capability curve there's two areas where it's significantly recognized so that is 
we've not done any of the big data projects yet and actually we just need to start extracting value from the data we've got so how do we do that like it's not perfect that everybody has their own excel sheets or their own access to power bi or whatever but they do so how are we going to speed those people up but the, the the businesses that are thinking about this as a transformational change tend to be the ones that are just slightly further along the data maturity curve um in line with gartner really which obviously is very helpful at the moment like um cdo report number one is still getting your data right in a nutshell um number two then is is upskilling the business and, and data literacy as a focus and um that really falls in line with what we see at c-suite level the businesses that are going to do this better are the ones where the data leaders have been able to engage at least one if not multiple members of the commercial side of the business and i speak to cdos and i fully agree with this like your remit as a cdo goes beyond just data it is to lean commercially and it's to engage those people but ultimately you've still got data in your title so you are by nature like motivated to make this work having that kind of c-suite partnership with somebody else in your team who can be a joint sponsor of a data literacy program or a, a data change program like it's important if not vital and um we've one of our courses that we're running at the moment with a guy called matt davis from matt davis leadership he's ex natwest rbs big bank kind of um change and and, and um exec coach the first course we did actually was on stakeholder management and stakeholder engagement and mapping the strength of your um of your relationships so map your map your commercial partnerships internally and have you got broken basic or brilliant relationships if you've got brilliant rather than broken relationships with those key stakeholders you will find far more buy-in to both data generally but also to this kind of project so a lot of it comes down to how well is the data team and the data leadership aligned to to the commercial people in the c-suite because that that's good relationships result in in good outputs right so so yeah i'd say i'd say that's a real point of focus and that's what we see we observe that if you've got a great relationship between the two two sides of the business this is a much more cultural transformational change that will get that level of buy-in yep 100 yeah i think um absolutely agree and echo everything that you've said there i think you know in my eyes the the role of the CDO or the data leader, depending upon, you know, the organization and the titles they have internally, really now is more about the commercial play, you know, and with that comes all of the, I use I use the term soft skills in quotation marks, but, you know, you couple that up with communication, relationship building, yeah. being able to navigate politics, right, you know, and yeah. uh, I find it fascinating because you've got, you know, a lot of CDOs out there on paper, um, you've got a handful of CDOs probably across the UK, maybe even across Europe that are being paid executive type money. And it's those people that typically have navigated all of the legacy, navigated all of the politics, yeah. all of the bureaucracy, all of the red tape. They've got buy-in from the, from the top table. I missed all of that. And they've managed yeah. to change and transform the business to to use data to drive better made decisions ultimately and i think that's you know that's part of the issue in my eyes is that we're still very guilty and this is probably just you know a lack of knowledge and education from an organizational level you know i see it play out time and time and time again where you know they go to the data leadership market we need to make a higher 
right, well, we need this person to, you know, that they're looking for a senior technical person because that's yeah. what they think this role is. And ultimately, then you end up in this place, probably why you've got a business, right? <laughs> because And why I've got a business is because, you know, they're, they're going about building lakes, building models, the, the kind of change, the culture, the adoption, the buy-in, all of that stuff, literacy plays through all of that is an afterthought after yeah. the fact that it's not worked right um yeah. so the whole change and transformation piece is is fascinating to me and i think ultimately you know that's where where we're at as an industry that's that is the role of the of the cdo and if they can't do that they're never going to add the value that businesses are expecting them to to add right so it's yeah. really really interesting yeah i mean my, my it's so interesting that you reference like those those who make it and those who, I, I think that's absolutely it ultimately if as a data leader listening to this like from everything i've seen if you as an individual and this may it's not necessarily everyone's priority but if you as an individual want the credibility and the pounds and pence that come with that if you can't tangibly evidence it across the business and engage the business on data you just will never get to that point like in my opinion like i've seen lots of really really smart data people just not be able to cross that chasm and and kind of evidence the value of data across the business and that starts with people understanding the value of data and 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 that's actually where we, we start if i'm honest like in, in our foundations of data course which is like data 101 i guess for business people the first two things we talk about the first three things we talk about are um analytics anxiety and really like an open safe space to talk about business people just what do they fear how do we get over that um the the second is um is the data value chain and helping business users understand that um and the third um is what is the value to the individual and the business of data because if you don't start there you really haven't got foundation to build on. Like we, we obviously do far more through that course, but those three things really, like what is, why is it important to them? What are the people, like what, what is their part in it? Like what else have you got? Like I've seen some, <laughs> I've seen some uh, data literacy programs and I've put that in inverted commas um, recently where like I've, I've looked at what's been done already because a general thing is like, what are you doing right now? Obviously like that's the review piece. And it's like nothing, Here's them learning about machine machine learning data science. And I'm like, okay, um, what about the bit in the middle, do you reckon? Like, obviously that's like quite complex, right? Yeah, but that's where we want to get to as an organization. Yeah, I get that. Like it's it's we we all know it's part of the maturity curve, right? Like you want to get to the 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 great stuff at the end. Actually, like the hard bit is getting people to buy in and and through the right education programs, you get organization-wide buy-in first, and then you can deliver against the expectations that you've set. So yeah, I think that's that's a really important way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. Define data literacy for us in terms of how you frame this at the right at the start of the conversation and the program, because I <laughs> and, and this is just me thinking out loud and where I often get myself into trouble, Greg, to be honest with you. But um I guess you're probably hearing a lot of, I, I guess there's probably a lot of business people out there that are kind of hearing this term, like they hear a lot of buzzwords and kind yeah. of, oh God, roll their eyes, here, here we go again type of thing, right? Yeah. So how, how do you frame the top of that conversation, say, in our eyes, here's what data literacy means and what we're going to, you know, what we're going to teach you or show you or whatever the case may be? 
Yeah, I mean, so we, we actually, it's funny, this is this is a nuance around the language and like we have to be called Data Literacy Academy. We couldn't be called Data Fluency Academy, but a lot of people I'm very aware at the moment are using the phrase data fluency. I absolutely get it because it's a language piece and it, it feels softer, um, but ultimately is textbook definition is data literacy, right? So that, that's just a framing for why we're called what we're called. But I mean, the textbook definition is around about the ability to read, interpret, and communicate data, right? That is like the textbook. What is data literacy? It's on our website. That's the, the Gartner definition. It's the everybody definition. Honestly, for me, though, it, it's almost that thing I said about that's the data industry's view of data. Um, and I would define it as a step back, which is, do I care if people can read, interpret, and communicate? Yes, I do. And actually, the second course in our core learning journey is reading communicating um and interpreting data um and that then does get into that technical language like the the graphing chart and what the benefits all that kind of stuff before that though is for me overcoming the fear and the anxiety and i much prefer to talk about like mindset and confidence as the core of data literacy so the bit that as I said, most data people can't imagine in their world anymore. And, and I have this all the time, right? And the American football is a really good example, actually. Um, uh, one of our, one of my former teammates and um, somebody I used to coach is at Kubrick Group, who do the the boot camps. Um, he's a he's an engineer at, at Kubrick, um, and he's on our he's on our uh, data leadership um, thing at the moment. So we talked about the fact that when you start American football, you know nothing, and then very quickly. You learn this massive playbook, you learn all the language, and about eight months later, you can't remember how to teach people who know nothing again. It's like one of the hardest things. That's very similar with data, right? You you can't imagine what it's like to not have some level of like critical thinking, mindset, confidence, understanding of the data value chain. So therefore, it's very bloody difficult to communicate it and and, and deliver it. So we we as kind of business people fundamentally approaching data we prefer to think about it as a confidence and mindset for data and then reading interpreting and communicating so i think we've just we're just building that definition out a little bit to make it more human rather than um data mm. have you seen then i guess within the program within the organizations that you're currently partnering with does it lean more towards this is a confidence and mindset thing in terms of I'm not a data person. I don't do data. Therefore, there's an immediate, you know, barrier goes up and there's a fear. Or is it coupled with the fact that that probably does happen, coupled with the fact that um, there is just a, a quite a, a large, you know, gap in terms of ability? Because I think most people in general, right, don't realize how much um, interaction they probably have with data on a daily basis and how much imp impacts their everyday life you know netflix yeah. obviously the greatest example right everyone yeah. probably has a netflix subscription they probably don't even think about the mechanism behind how that recommendation engine works yeah. right everyone gets up unless you live i don't know in dubai or florida but everyone gets up and looks at the the weather right that yeah. the app and makes a decision based on <laughs> what the temperature is is it raining or not do i need to take a brolly do i need to wear a coat yeah. It, it happens all around us yeah 100%. as soon as it's in the context of business there's this kind of oh no this is this is alien to me i don't i don't yeah. i don't i don't know anything about data yeah i mean and like 
the pandemic was one of the most interesting like everyday data is part of your life experiences any of us will have had in our lifetime right I, i'm nearly 35 and i can't remember a time where i was exposed to having to make conscious decisions that impacted my life on data as much as during that period it was here's a load of data that you don't understand but it's probably going to tell you whether you should go to a funeral or go to a wedding or go see your mum kind of thing absolutely massive right um but that was thrust upon you by the media what we see a lot of is because there's not that because there is still that like un unsureness and insecurity around data like in business you can of like you can't avoid data but you can avoid it you can avoid get engaging with it in a lot of cases like it's there do you have to use it to make decisions no you don't because actually the world still runs 85 90 95% on gut, gut feel really like is is the reality we we still haven't got over that in my opinion that like that chasm again um so yeah what we see a lot of is people who they've like the business has tried again putting it in inverted commas to um to educate them and they've not done it in the right way which is almost fractured the relationship even more because they didn't think about their anxiety their confidence their mindset first they thought about oh we'll stick them on a power bi course that'll do it like we teach power bi we teach tableau we teach excel don't get me wrong it's important at the right point and we talk about a data literacy curve um actually hard skills tableau power bi etc it's kind of way up that data literacy curve because before that you need a common understanding of data you need a common language of data um you need a common technical language and technical understanding like all those things have to be in place before power bi is even valuable to you so if you just stick all your business users on a power bi course you're not going to get the response long term that you want and that's why it becomes a bigger change management process so yeah i, I think for me it's unfortunately we meet a lot of business users who've been upset or like almost like the relationships become more fractured because the way that data have tried to communicate it to them so so we try and make it very like human businessy when we're communicating with them i think mm. it's a really interesting point because i personally think you know if you if you think about the challenges across our industry in in relation to what we're hopefully trying to achieve which should be to drive better business outcomes through more informed decision making right ultimately you know make pounds and pence out the other side of this stuff that's really what it all comes down to yet you know the the building of the lakes or the models or the dashboards that's the bit we're actually really good at right that's yeah. the bit that we're really really slick at um so this whole concept of you know data literacy for business people but business literacy for data people fascinates me because i you know and, and we see it play out time and time and time again in people's careers like you know if if you were to you know have got god probably hundreds of examples right where we've built entire teams for people data science teams one in what there's always one kind of scenario that plays out in my, my mind as a, as a really clear example where we we placed a, a, a full team of data scientists I think it was eight people in total and the person that elevated themselves above the rest they were all similar level a lot of them phd um, backgrounds you know super super smart people the person that elevated themselves above the rest and end up leading that team was the person that was the least qualified on paper and okay. the, technically probably the worst right in terms yeah. of actually building models what they were the best at 
was communicating to get to the crux of the actual business problem that they could solve that the others struggled to do. And it's all that whole kind of, again, soft skills piece. So that business literacy I see is, is how people progress in their career. Like there's, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of people that can build models. All right. You might be better than someone else, but that's not necessarily always going to be the thing that gets you to the next stage in your career, because that's not really the end goal. That's just the means to the end. Right. Yeah. So talk to us about the relationship then on the other side of that kind of um, proposition that you've got. Yeah, super interesting. I mean, like in the same way as we have a foundations of data course, we have a foundations of business course. And the best example of that, like some of the some of the challenges which get raised when we're teaching these things are incredibly interesting because they generally actually the problems business uh, data people face every day are often related to a lack of understanding of the business. And a, a really good example in, in one of our more recent classes. So we, we do a class on saying no without saying no, which is a really important skill for data people, right? Like it, it's an unbelievably important skill because most people have just got a long list that they can't fight off because they've, they've not learned how to say no. But the thing that we, we saw there was that is actually rooted in not understanding prioritization and prioritize not understanding prioritization comes down to not understanding the business so like foundations of business course one of the things that we do is we will write or discuss a series of different types of challenges which the business may bring to you and half of them are strategic problems or strategic objectives and half of them are operational pains and and that kind of thing and it, it is amazing to me how taking people through that journey of understanding the difference between strategic objectives, things that are linked to the core value and the core importance of the business versus that person's got a headache that they want you to help them solve. Like that is eye-opening to see how few people can do that at first. That's probably a business thing as well, but like definitely within within the data org. But that's then like, okay, so the downstream effect of that is if you understand that, that is your prioritization and that's why you can say no. So now all of a sudden, not only have we taught you a load of skill, skills to say no, we've also taught you the skills to know what to say no to. So it's, it's bringing all those things together. We, we have a like marketing collateral in essence, but like it, it's the way that I've like I've thought to frame the problem with the business drawn down the middle as the line. And then in my opinion, you've got on one side of that line, you've kind of got business analysts and data analysts who sit quite close to the business and have to have those conversations. And then slightly further away, you've got engineers and scientists who are more like in the weeds of the technology and the the code, et cetera. On the, on the business side, you've got the C-suite who generally should be dealing with data at a solid extent every day. Then you've got operational managers, then you've got your, your kind of coalface workers. Um, and, and we just talk about like there's, two massive gaps across that line one is a knowledge gap and one is a communication gap so we're just looking to bridge that gap really with with everything we teach and part of that is helping people understand like individual departments so like what should good marketing data be looking like because actually you need to help your marketeers understand the questions they should be asking um, and how they should be asking those things and then on a higher level it is that strategic versus operational what are the comm skills what are the presentation skills like we do a a really really nice course on communicating with the c-suite and we've got a load of content on communicating with the c-suite because unfortunately the c-suite don't care about your data lake i know it's beautiful i know honestly you've absolutely smashed the delivery of your data lake 
but they fundamentally don't care. They probably care what a data lake is so they can have that mature conversation with you, but only to the extent of it's a catch-all for raw data. They don't want to know the ins and outs of how you've coded it. They want to know the output and how that relates to the strategic objective, the business, the North Star metric, all that kind of stuff. So we, we, we on the data for business people, we've got everything we've talked about earlier with Data Literacy Academy. And then on the kind of leadership, data people side, that journey that you'd want to take a junior analyst or a junior engineer through, comm skills, leadership skills, management skills, all that kind of stuff. We've got that with the Data Leadership Academy, which falls under the Data Literacy Academy banner. So yeah, it's um it, it's it's going it's going well with closing that gap and bridging that knowledge gap and that communication gap. Mm. It's um I think it's definitely the right thing to do to go, you know, the the top down and bottom up approach because i think you you know we often hear the debate around around data you know data literacy and the term you know is that term offensive or or not right and then um you know you have uh, many data leaders who have sat on this podcast and say well you know why would i try to make a business of twenty thousand people data literate when i can just make you know 40 people in my data team business literate right which is really interesting but i think if you attack it from both sides surely the outcomes become better yeah like i I won't call that person out on that but like (laughs) that that to me is just incredibly naive because like you don't have infinite resource like your your long list only gets longer if you take that approach actually so we talk about that almost this pareto concept where at the moment in most organizations 80% of data questions and challenges are handled by the data team or not, as the case might be, because their long list never gets ticked off. If you can just shift that to even at like 60, 40, where 40% of stuff can be handled at the coalface because you've got an educated team, like we're going through a downturn, like there's kind of no, like it's it's a tough economic time, right? We know that. you need better decisions to be being made at the coalface. And if you can if you can empower your business users, even if it is just to take some of that workload off the data team, because that makes your life easier. But if you can empower those decisions to be made in the right way at the coalface, and that has like a, a recognized impact on your business surviving in what is about to become a quite a tough period, that is how you're going to really excel as a as a data leader and as a data person, because the the business people are going to just buy into data as a result of the saving you've made or the pivot you've made or the direction you've made based on data. And you have to understand the business to do that, but they have to understand that they trust data and why it's important to trust data for that to be the case. So yeah, coaching 40 out of 20,000, in my opinion, is naive. I'm much happier speaking to the people who are like, we want to touch 5,000 people in some sort of way. How are we going to do that? Mm, Yeah. I guess in terms of then the, the the kind of course in its entirety, obviously you're attacking it from both sides. Um, we we touched upon you know who is it for versus who is it not for. I think we're we're all pretty clear on that. I guess in terms of size of organisation, is this is this available to everybody or at this stage or you know give give us the roadmap of what the next kind of 12 24 36 months looks like and obviously you touched upon the half a million pound investment which is uh which is fantastic i'm sure that's going to fuel a lot of growth for you but just talk us through kind of where this gets you in in the kind of you know short to midterm yeah it's it is an exciting period like you say we've we've brought on some cool investors and delighted to have um those people on board um, and I think the the thing that it allows us to do is 
give a level of service to any business that wants to be data literate or improve data literacy and data fluency within the organization. And that isn't a fob off sales approach, but ultimately we've got a a SaaS platform which you can self-serve your content. It's constantly updated with new interesting how-tos, guides, explainers, self-service courses, right? Focused on content for the business users and then for the data people getting better at business and leadership and communication. But actually, that isn't enough if you're in a mid-sized to a large organization. So yeah, we can satisfy the needs of those smaller organizations where they just want to roll this out from a content and communication perspective. But actually, what we really want to be doing a lot of the time is working with those business leaders who want to think about capability assessment. They want to think about an enterprise awareness campaign. They want to think about a combination of like hybrid delivery to really get that buy-in. They want the SaaS platform to underpin that so that they've got that constant touching of like, yeah, okay, I've got more content this week. I've got more content this week. I remember that data is important. I'm being reminded in a different way that data is important. And they also then want the live classes and like people are seeing like incredible value in these like breakout rooms we do in the live classes and the seminars we do. We even do stuff like live clinics where data teams fundamentally don't want their business users knocking on their door every 10 minutes to ask them like, oh, I've got this question about Power BI. How do I do this? Actually, like we provide live clinics that they can like sign up for, dial into almost like going to the doctor for data, those kind of things. Like that, That's a really good fit with the mid-size and larger, larger organizations because it's a very holistic approach to this problem space. And to be perfectly honest, and you can say, oh, you would say this as the founder, it is purely undeliverable at that scale of robustness internally. There just isn't the level of expertise across every subject. There isn't the volume of content creators, the time to vol- like create that volume of content. And there isn't even the bandwidth to deliver the live stuff, the engaging stuff, and the, and the stuff that really allows people to ask and answer questions. So I, I believe we have come up with a really appealing solution, regardless of your business size. But for almost every business we work with, it is just undeliverable at that scale long term um, in the way that we do it because it's so like built out and robust. So it depends what people want from it, I guess. Yeah, it's um, it always fascinates me how few businesses and data leaders put emphasis on the kind of whole PR and comms thing, because I think if a lot of the topics that we discuss on this podcast, a lot of the challenges that I'm having conversations around day to day through the events that we host, etc. It almost comes back to if we were able to market ourselves better internally, we'd be in a much better place. And it's often not a focus, being like we're just not thinking like that, right? So I've had people say on this podcast too, you know, um, are probably one of those five people i mentioned who you know are at that cdo top top table exec paid type of profile who kind of said look absolutely you need a comms strategy you need a comms budget you know how, however that looks whether it's a an internal podcast hosted on your intranet whether it's kind of dropping sessions every month where people can just come and ask you questions or whatever the case may be so always fascinates me that that whole kind of pr and comms piece gets neglected a little bit when you know you're trying to change and influence how people act at such scale we need to figure out mechanisms by which we can influence and touch people at such scale right it's um it's interesting what, what one thing that i find really funny is like people generally are not especially on the 
kind of technical blue personality side of the organization don't really love salespeople like as a, as a general rule and i mean I've, I've i've sold into that space for a for a large chunk of my career um but ultimately everyone says oh everyone like you always have to be a salesperson in your career like when you get to a certain level in a business sales skills are just unbelievably valuable so like stakeholder mapping that is as much a, a leadership skill but every sales team in the world is also doing that skill right like whether you're a junior salesperson or a senior salesperson you're doing that skill because it's vital in sales and and when you get into these like sales and marketing skills which is a lot of what we teach actually on the on the leadership and the the kind of business for data people side it is all about those those sales skills and those marketing skills and um yeah if 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 i was a if i was like a a technically proficient data person and i knew that i was in that data world and i i was happy with my my ds skills or my de skills or even my da skills i'd be spending way more time focusing on how to get better at the sales marketing comms leadership skills than i would be just getting better at, at, at ds or or de kind of thing because that's the thing that's going to move move you on 100 percent 100 percent couldn't agree more well greg look it's been uh, an absolute pleasure having you on um really looking forward to seeing how the journey unfolds and um yeah so yeah i mean i i'm a fairly open book in terms of talking about this subject so um you can get me on linkedin greg freeman uh founder of data literature academy if you want to visit our website and see what we're all about www.dl-academy.com that's dl-academy.com there's a data literacy model on there that you might want to like read through and apply and all that kind of thing and yeah but linkedin or 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 there is going to be the best way of getting in touch and i will answer any questions people have got and i'm give them as much time as they need to talk about either their internal projects or or one with us nice greg it's been a pleasure thank you mate that's it for this episode of driven by data the podcast i hope you enjoyed it i'll be back next week speaking with another thought leader from the world of data and analytics until then Please follow Orbition Group on social media if you've not already done so, where you'll be able to subscribe and therefore be made aware of the podcasts as they arrive. And please share, like, and leave reviews so that more people from our industry get to hear and benefit from these two. If you've got any questions or you want to suggest ideas for topics or potential guests, then please feel free to reach out to me. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week.